Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. This week, we have an encore presentation of Episode 7. So I can't believe it. I know. I think our moms and maybe two other people might remember this episode, which is part of the reason we're rerunning it. Yes. And the episode is with Steph Baron Hall. When we ran the episode originally, her podcast was Ask an Enneagram Coach. But now it has been renamed, and I love this new name, Enneagram in Real Life. I and love the new name too. Yeah. She was one of the first, first guests, obviously, guest number seven. But yeah. the main reason we had her on is because we were trying to figure out how to work together. Mm-hmm. Not even better. Just to just, figure out how we were going to work together. Right. That <laughs> made we, it sound like we were having problems. We weren't we, having problems. <laughs> Should I edit that? Uh, no. <laughs> no, leave it there. No, was, we were getting started. And I think that makes sense, whether it's starting in a relationship or starting in a business mm-hmm. endeavor, it makes sense to have a good understanding of who you are and who your people around you are. And I, yeah, we I did several things like Clifton Strengths and, yep. um, and we did something else too. In the way back machine, my brain's not calling it up, but, uh... but to learn like how we work <laughs> and how we function and what what kind of makes us tick and what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. And for better or worse, we kind of have the same. Weaknesses. We are the same. We are literally the same person, which is yeah. a little complicated because mm-hmm. we can really uh, not exacerbate. What is it? What is it when you enable? We, we can we enable. enable. We enable yeah. each other's vices because we both love them so much because we enjoy <laughs> them for ourselves. <laughs> But, yeah, so we, but it also makes us really understanding when one or the other is like, here's how today is gone and here's how I need to cope with it. And that's why whatever is not done. And the other one is usually like, I get I get it. Yes. And we are both Enneagram nines. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things that I want to just mention up front about Enneagram is I am not super into the woo woo. And no. I originally thought this was going to be kind of woo woo, but I, I don't know. It's now it just seems logical to me. And it just right. it, it practically seems scientific to me now. Um, <laughs> I don't know that it is. But if you are a little hesitant to do the woo, I would say that this is maybe the, the least wooey of some of those things. Um, I agree. And I have gotten a lot out of it. And what was the other thing I want to mention? Oh, it took me forever to figure out. Yes, me too. Which one, which number I was. So if you are just kind of like, think you're going to read a chart like you do, like which Disney princess am I? It's not like that. You really got to do, you really got to do some thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, the third thing I'd want to bring up is it's not about how you go about your life. It's a deeper, like, it's about your motivation, what, what your motivation and your driving force yeah. is for the things that you do. So and I think, think we both experienced like thinking we were sixes. Yes. But that when we really looked at our motivations, our motivations didn't come from the sixth place. They came from a nine place. And we talked about it in last week's episode, how every number in the Enneagram has like a strength and a weakness. And in strength, we are threes. And in weakness, we are six. And we just spent a lot of time 
Six. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Six means that you do a lot of researching and planning and that type of thing, which is planning why... for like disaster. Yes. Which yeah. is why I thought I was a six because I spent a lot of time doing that. But apparently what it is, is I am a nine and spend a lot of time in my weak place, which yeah, exactly, which ideally is something that I will work around. But anyway, mm -hmm. we just thought that especially because a lot of people reached out to us after last week's episode when we were talking about Enneagram being like, hey, how did what are those numbers? So we thought it would be useful to give this one another run. And because Quite honestly, I uh, got a few things going on in my life and I think in probably Missy's life right now mm -hmm. where we are enforcing some boundaries where we need to take a week off from yeah. doing a fresh new podcast for y'all. But we think this will be a good use of everyone's time. And it kind of fits with this like New Year's resolutions that we started last week, along with doing your values. Yep. It's a really good baseline set to understand how you're going about your business so that as you decide what your resolutions are and how you're going to handle this new school year slash just new year. I think of it as the new year. You have something to work with. Yeah. So highly recommend. Give this a listen. Let's talk about it. If you have any questions, maybe we can get Stephanie or another Enneagram coach back on to answer any follow-up yeah. questions that you have. But really do think of all the kind of personality tests and get to know ourselves things aside from the core values exercise. This, I think, was the most valuable thing of the past two years for me as far as yeah. just kind of understanding myself and also being a little more gentle with myself and yes. knowing that these are not character flaws. This is right. kind of, it's a, it's a character type and I happen to be yeah. one of those and there's other ones of us. Um, and it brings yeah. a little understanding. Oh my gosh. And it makes the, it makes the Instagram posts that people do around Enneagram numbers. Oh. So fun. So yeah. There's so many great Instagram accounts for Enneagram. We'll try to maybe drop some on our socials for y'all yeah. to follow, but there's some really funny ones that are spot on. Like, I don't know what number they're talking about. I can usually figure it out before yep. they say what they're talking about. Just they're so funny. Yes. So good. Yeah, I guess that's it. I guess that's good. Listen yeah. to this episode number seven. It will now be Encore episode number 86. Six, I think. Oh, my gosh. We've done a lot no, of work. No wonder we're so tired and need a week off. <laughs> <laughs> Starting school in a new schedule, uh, it kicks my butt every year, but it is really kicking my butt. And there's just been so many, like I have an event tonight. There's just events all the time. And yes. just stuff. Yeah. So and speaking stuff. of stuff, uh, we got to wrap things doctor. up here because I got to go to my girl doctor, which is a nice <laughs> reminder to everybody to go to your, schedule your annuals. The kids are in school. Go get, your, go get your mammograms. Go get your lady parts checked out. Mm -hmm. like, so fun. Dude. Do so all fun. the good stuff. And I get a yep. blood draw. Oh my gosh. So much oh gosh. Fun. I'm doing it tomorrow. So funny. I don't know how that ended up that we were. <laughs> but, no. We're in sync in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, unfortunately, my doctor still uh, resides in the place where I used to reside, which you is you got to roll. Yeah. Which is nowhere close to my current house. So, so yeah. Off so you go. With that, y'all go listen to Steph Baron Hall and definitely check out her podcast too, but listen to this episode first. Yeah. All right. Talk to you Alrighty. soon. Bye, y'all. Why did I say talk to you soon? Okay. <laughs> we'll talk at you. We'll talk at you <laughs> soon. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Welcome to the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. Today, we are continuing our discussion about the Enneagram to increase our understanding of ourselves and others. And we're thrilled to have Stephanie Barron Hall as a guest. 
Stephanie Barenhall is a speaker, certified Enneagram coach, and author of the book, The Enneagram in Love, A Roadmap for Building and Strengthening Romantic Relationships. Stephanie founded her Instagram page, Nine Types Co. in 2017, as a way to explore her own interest in the Enneagram, and it has since grown into a community of people who are learning about the Enneagram themselves and their relationships together. Stephanie specializes in bringing clarity to complex concepts and communicating the Enneagram in a way that is relatable and concise so that it can be transformative for all. Yeah. And I, I just got to echo that. I got to echo that last part because <laughs> just to let you know, Steph, Missy and I have been friends for years, but primarily most of the time we have spent together has been, this sounds inappropriate, in hotel rooms, but we <laughs> <laughs> we usually when we go to conferences, writer conferences, we have found that we are just like the perfect roommates for each other. And when I was Toss around this idea of starting a podcast. It just, and I think probably like six months ago, yeah. I probably sent Missy a text at like 1130 at night. And I was like, if I ever do a podcast, it's going to be with you. And she's probably like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so That's it so wasn't fun. too much longer, uh, like mid, right before Christmas, I think. I just decided mm -hmm. I, go, I want to do this. I want Missy to do it with me. And I, how am I going to talk her into it? And it did not involve much talking into. So that is good. I'm easy. One of the first things she said to me, though, is what's your Enneagram type? And Ooh. I was like, I don't even know what that means. I better find that out. And so <laughs> since mid-December, I've been on this journey to figure it out. And so then that's how we came across your podcast. We love just how clearly and not, I don't want to say simple because it's still complex, but how you're able to make it really easily digestible through your amazing graphics on your Instagram account at Nine Types Co., but also even in your books, taking these complex ideas and making it so even I can digest it <laughs> in this short time period. So I highly encourage people who maybe have been hesitant to jump into it before, have been a little scared of it before. Stephanie is a really nice, gentle introduction to the Enneagram for anybody <laughs> who's scared. Yeah, but, thank you so much. Yeah, tell us more about how you got started and, and your philosophy about the Enneagram. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I, I would agree with you that my book is very much like for beginners, right? It's very much, I think other people can benefit from it, but it is very approachable, you know, and I think my publisher worked really hard actually to make it that way. So I got started with the Enneagram, gosh, a number of years ago, I was working in an organization and we use a different personality test basically in our organization. And I loved it. I mean, I, when I was in college, I, I studied psychology because for my undergrad, because I was fascinated by human personality and always was fascinated by the idea of using it in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, I was using this other tool and my husband came home one day and he's like, Oh, you have to like read about the Enneagram. And I was like, meh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, you know how we are sometimes with our partners. We're like, eh, yes. whatever, you know. Well, that's and, um, interesting because we've been talking about how to trick our partners into figuring it out. So, so no, it's nice I think, you didn't have to do that. I, that's, uh, it's pretty common. That's pretty common. But yeah. And then a few months later, my sister was like, oh, what's your Enneagram type? I was like, I don't know. And she's like, here, take this test. So I took the test and I was like, oh yes, you know, I won. I'm the achiever. Or whatever. <laughs> Soon to find out. It's like, oh, I actually, this is showing me all the things I hate about myself. Oh, <laughs> you no. know, yes. um, which is just part of the process. I think, I think yeah. it's just mm -hmm. understanding that self, that part of yourself. So 
I just got really into it. I'm sure you can, and a lot of your listeners, if they're into the Enneagram, they can understand. It's like, you just get really into it. It's so fascinating. So yeah. And I want to jump in real quick, just before, if someone's listening to this and being like, oh, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Cause I do want to take it a little more to a level two in our discussion today. Cause we've been mm -hmm. talking about it, but I want to tell everybody to go to, I thought you're episode three and you can tell me if there's an episode that you think is better to send people to. But if you go to ask an Enneagram coach and make sure you look for the one by Stephanie Baron Hall, because there's a few there's a few podcasts out there that have Enneagram and coach in them. Uh, make sure you go to hers. And episode three, I thought was just, yeah. I was like, well, why didn't I just start there in the first place? This would <laughs> answer so many questions. So I want to make sure if people are listening to this now, be sure you come back, but do maybe pop over there if you're new to this to get kind of the 101. Yeah. And I explain all of the nine types. So, and what the whole thing is, because that's important too, right? Yeah. So yeah, I started talking to groups and organizations about their Enneagram types and how they can use it. And then I was like, you know, I really want to take this to the next level. So one thing I did is I started selling coffee mugs for each type. So that was Ooh. my very first foray into this. That's how my nine types co my Instagram account came to be. Uh-huh. Um, because Okay. So like I'm a three. And so I always have a side hustle. Right. And so at the time <laughs> my previous side hustle, I kind of had prior to that, I was, um, I was a wedding florist. So I worked full time Ooh. and I was a wedding florist. And then I was like, you know, this is exhausting. Yes. <laughs> and my husband is also like, this is exhausting. Like, cause he was my assistant, you know, and you were probably never home. Nope. Never, never, never home. Never. So yeah, then I created these coffee mugs and started selling those on Instagram and so that was fun, but I just got more into it. So I got a certification and then I also went and got a master's degree in organizational communication and leadership. Oh, wow. Well, is that all? <laughs> <laughs> so all that you to thought say, we were fancy because we bought microphones, but yeah, you really, you really <laughs> took it next level. I went for it. No, yeah. no, I think I just, you know, I started just seeing these things and, and like wait, like opportunities, right. That we can use this. And so even when you say like, oh, you're so great at making this concise. I'm like, it might have something to do with the fact that I have a master's degree in communication. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Not just anybody can boil it down. So yeah, that, that's kind of my winding path to, to where I'm at today. So the book we know is semi-focused on romantic relationships. Yes. And for anybody who's watching it on YouTube, it Here has it the is. cutest cover ever. I it love the heart. so cute. Just in time for Valentine's Day. Yeah. 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 It's perfect for next week's Valentine's episode. Mm -hmm. But we, um, we're reading through it and it's, there's so much value in it for people who work together. And that's why we reached out to you and people who live together, not in a romantic relationship, but it could be mm -hmm. with roommates, it could be coworkers, your best friends. It applies across the board. And I think that's just, that's the magic of the Enneagram is that if you are willing to dig into it, it really is useful in so many of your relationships. Mm -hmm. um, so how did you come about focusing on love? Yeah, great question. And I love that you bring it up about the two of you working together because I've talked with several podcast hosting pairs who said the same thing. Mm -hmm. because so much of it is like navigating that, that interpersonal relationship. So basically this isn't like the fun, fancy answer, but um, <laughs> my publisher reached out and said, Hey, like we have this idea. Would you want to write it basically? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how this one came about. But 
I think what's important to note about it is it is about love, but it's about interpersonal communication. So at mm-hmm. the end of the day, like it, do, you don't have to be in a romantic relationship, like you're saying, for it to be helpful. And that's the beauty of using a tool that's motivation-based rather than behavior-based. Yes. And I, I, I'm going to pull my Brene Brown again. We do that at least once an episode where I feel like we just need to <laughs> echo that point again, like say that again, because I think that's what, what made me so confused for so long because I was looking at behaviors. Yeah, And I had never spent a lot of time thinking about my motivations or why I do things. And so everything was just based on observation and, oh, well, this is what I do. So that must be what I am. So I just, again, for anybody who's kind of new to this or struggling to find their number, like I have been, that's super, super key that it's about your motivation. Like you gotta, you gotta get kind of deep down. You gotta do some thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find that people who are new to it, maybe not resistant, maybe not the right word, but it's a little scary to look at your actual motivations that requires a lot of honesty. Absolutely. And it's just a way that we're not really used to thinking about ourselves. I think, Mm -hmm. um, I think that that is a real struggle for a lot of people. And it's, I think the other big challenge is like, we just don't want to like, so our ego kind of creates blind spots for us where it's like, it is so painful to look at this that I'm going to choose not to, and I'm going to put up some defenses. It's been really interesting navigating this in particular this week because I posted something on Instagram basically about how each type steps on others' toes. So, okay, you're nodding. Yeah, so. (laughs) I loved it, but I also was like, ooh, I'm very sorry. How many apology (laughs) notes do we need to write? I know, right? Um, And so, and the way I worded it is because I try to avoid idiomatic phrases because not everyone who follows me is American. (laughs) So, which means (laughs) like, stepping on each other's toes might not mean something to them. So I said Mm -hmm. how we unintentionally offend others and Mm -hmm. people like I really unintentionally offended a lot of people by say using the word (laughs) offend. They're like, how is this offensive? And so it's been interesting to navigate and see just the defensiveness that comes up, even when we're trying to talk about, you know, growing in awareness. And even when they're trying to say, Hey, these aren't necessarily bad things, but sometimes they step on others' toes. So like, let's pay attention to them communicate it differently or choose the times, you know, I'm sure. So you talk a lot with moms and I've heard a lot of parents say that, you know, pick your battles, right. Mm -hmm. With your kids. And so sometimes that's what I want to say to people is like, pick your battles. Maybe you don't have to correct somebody every single time, but when it matters, you do. You know, so it's just interesting. Exactly. I know. I'm just curious for my own selfish reasons. Um, We had brought on one of uh, Missy's friends who she calls herself more of an Enneagram enthusiast. So she's not a coach, but she was, she was kind of getting us prepared so that I could get my act together to talk to you. (laughs) So we've made the best (laughs) use of your time. Um, And she had mentioned that you actually should not like type your kids, but I'm so tempted to do it and have this discussion, especially with my 15 year old. Do you have any kind of point of view on that, whether it's a good or a bad idea? Yeah. I mean, I love that you asked this question because actually on my podcast this week, I'm also having somebody who is a parenting coach mm-hmm. to come on and, and she uses the Enneagram and parenting coaching. Oh, okay. Um, we, need and to, so, we need to follow we're that gonna listening to that. Yes. Yeah. Her, her background is in parenting mediation which is just so fascinating again. It's oh, just, yeah. it's really cool. It's just fascinating for me because I'm not a parent. So I'm like, uh-huh. people don't really want like my dog mom perspective, right? <laughs> There's a lot of value in that though. It carries over to kids. <laughs> so we can yeah. tell you as a parent to both. So, um, 
Yeah, I I don't recommend typing kids. The biggest way the Enneagram can be used in parenting is to be the best parent you can be from your specific type and, and really understanding yourself in a way that helps you to be more balanced and integrated in your perspective. But I also think there's a lot of value in just understanding like, oh, you know, my kid is probably a different type from me. Mm-hmm. So like we're communicating in these different ways and we're, we're talking to each other in these different ways. We're acting in these different ways. And maybe there's something there. Like, you know, maybe if they exhibit a lot of, so for typing kids, especially teenagers are maybe a little bit more solid though. A lot of people are be like, well, my teenager's an eight because they're defiant or my teenager's a four because they're <laughs> moody. And that's actually not accurate, right? That's not, they're just a teenager. Really. Yeah. They're just hormonal. But I think saying like, oh, they're exhibiting a lot of behavior of this type, you know? So then like, what are some ways that I can like meet them where they're at with that? Um, so I don't recommend typing them, but I do recommend, you know, if, if you can observe some things, sometimes that can be helpful. Okay. Just want to make sure that I can't, <laughs> I can't start nailing <laughs> you down can't their type types right. immediately. If, if they, if they would like to type themselves, yes. then, you know, if they're, if they're That's like different. high school, hold it loosely, I'd say typing after 18 is what I recommend typically, yeah. okay. but sometimes younger Good. kids can do it. Good professional advice. Now, okay, so for what we do know about ourselves, looking at Missy and Mm -hmm. I, okay, Mm -hmm. so Missy, what are you again? So I'm a nine wing one. Okay. And And today I had an eight wing kind of rare up, but I'm a nine (laughs) wing one. (laughs) Missy went full eight. Ooh, love that. (laughs) Yeah, the poor dentist office. They didn't actually get it, but they were about to, and then everything got resolved. (laughs) Okay, well, you know. And, and I think I am a nine wing eight and there's been a lot of back and forth with me thinking that I was a six for a while because I, I'm usually pretty high anxiety, but through doing some of this deep diving and thinking about the things that would make me defensive, I think I'm realizing that I was interpreting nine anger as six anxiety. Like it was like unaddressed anger was... Mm -hmm presenting itself as anxiety. And then Mm -hmm. for a while I thought I was a five, but I'm thinking even though he has not done the work and I'm only looking at observations, not motivations from him, I think my husband's probably kind of five. And so I think my nineness is taking on some of those qualities kind of thing. So, so merging a bit. Yeah. That's where we're at. And so you know, here Missy and I are in what we're a month into our working relationship. Mm-hmm. It's going great, but we want to make sure that we are taking our types into consideration with how we should be working with each other. Yeah. I love that. I think that's very, very important. So obviously it is going great, right? Because you're both nines. So it's like, <laughs> oh, everything is good. Um, the biggest thing that I would recommend, it's probably helpful that you have different wings that you lean into. Um, because what ends up happening with same type pairings is like the same strengths, same weaknesses dynamic. So like I said, I'm a three, my sister is a three and we're really close. I have a lot of close friends who are threes. And then we end up with that same dynamic where it's like same strengths, same weaknesses. And so, Mm -hmm. um, one thing I recommend is if there's conflict, that's going to come up, know that you both want the peace know that you both want, you know, everything to be in harmony. And so a lot of the time as we get older, we are able to deal with these things a little bit better than we can when we're like 20, you know, but, um, Mm -hmm. but still it can be, it, it can be difficult. And so for you both to be able to encounter something and say, Hey, 
relationship is not in jeopardy here, but we do need to work this out. Um, so like kind of working through, like setting that, that precedent at the beginning saying, you know, we're good. You know, everything is going to be fine. Relationship is still good, but we do need to talk about the situation and then working through any conflict because what can happen with nines is that they end up not talking about it and then just cut communication because it's like, I can't deal with this. And that's not what they want. Like you want the unity, you want the harmony, you want the connection. And so building your skills of being uncomfortable, which is one of the things the Enneagram is fantastic for is like, yeah, building that skill is so key. Oh, I need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You're like processing it. (laughs) While you were talking, my stomach did this because I, I realized that it hasn't happened a lot, but there are a couple key relationships in my life that I, that I'm not as close to those people anymore. And Mm -hmm. maybe we're still in touch, but we're not in touch like we used to be, Mm -hmm. or we don't talk like we used to. And in both of those situations that I'm thinking of right now, there was a tiny conflict, like not relationship ending conflict, just a disagreement on the way we approach something. But because I didn't ever want to create any tension of any kind and say, Hey, this bothered me or this hurt my feelings. We just aren't talking as much anymore. When you don't talk as much relationships don't thrive. And so, and I got to imagine that like doing that, like the goal is to not create tension, but people feel that. So we're, our nines, right. are we actually creating more tension in the you end are. by doing this? <laughs> Isn't that the worst? We're you creating are. what we're trying to yeah. avoid. Exactly. By just not we all are. It. We all are. But yeah, Ugh. and that was actually one of the things that people got like really worked up about on the unintentional, like, because when I first posed this question, so one of the ways that I have learned a lot about the Enneagram is one from posting about it and then people telling me I'm wrong, but also <laughs> from like just asking people. So like I ask, yeah. I ask questions in my, um, my stories and people give me their responses. And so when I said, you know, what are some ways that you step on others' toes? All the nines were like, oh my God, I can't, I can't even handle that thought. Yeah, <laughs> Like it's so uncomfortable, but sometimes, you know, with the other types, you'll hear that feedback of like your inability to like communicate through conflict creates more of an issue. Like it's really not a big deal. And I know that is so hard to feel that. Yeah. But it does create a barrier. Here we are walking Mm -hmm. around making problems by trying not to make any problems. I know. Yeah. Just tiptoeing everywhere. Another really helpful thing. I know you're so uncomfortable. (laughs) Did you know that this is going to be this painful? Like squirm (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) Well, And that's what I love about the Enneagram too, is that there are the different intelligence centers. I don't know if you all have covered this previously, but a little, um, okay. So we have the gut center, which is eight, nine, and one, Mm -hmm. the heart center, which is two, three, and four, and then the head center, which is five, six, and seven. So in that gut center and nines are the center of the gut center, there is like a real sense where you feel things in your body or like in your gut in a very different way. And so when you're talking about, you know, oh, maybe I was seeing like these six-ish things and that anger and stuff, probably that also has to do with the desire for order and control that every gut type has. So even though nines are known for being really easygoing, they actually want control and they can be pretty stubborn because they don't want their peace to be disrupted, right? So they're, they're boundaried. And so when I th- I've noticed that the different, sometimes like, or often the different triads have a different experience of those uncomfortable emotions, like the heart types, it might be like, I'm just going to like, you know, 
my shoulders are now in my ears because it's just like yeah. so like uh, it causes me so much tension and for the gut types it really is that stomach like churning thing <laughs> yeah. that's really interesting it's really interesting yeah that was one of the ways I knew I was a nine when I was trying to figure it out. Like that is where I feel things first mm, is mm-hmm. this deep internal feeling. And it's not, yeah. it's not a conscious thought. I have to walk mm-hmm. myself through getting to that place. It starts here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's funny. Back in my uh, advertising days, I used to have a giant thing of Tums on my shelf and it just had a label <laughs> that said advertising candy on it. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think that should be a clue too. Yeah. No, yeah. That's so interesting because um, I have a friend who is an herbalist. And so she created teas for the different Enneagram types. And yes. she took into account the, the intelligence centers. So all three of like the gut triad ones are really focused on moving the energy through you. And so for like the nine one, it's like trying to get help you like release your gut essentially. Yeah. Yes. Fascinating. Is that, did she advertise on your podcast? Is that- mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I thought I, I was, when you said it, I'm like, well, that's very familiar because the last time I heard the ad, I thought I need this tea. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm actually drinking the type eight one today because it's my favorite, even though I'm not an eight, um, but it's chamomile and peppermint. And so that's kind of leads us to a good question or a good topic mm-hmm. to discuss is the fact there's two things I want to know about. One, I think is fairly straightforward that all the types, we're all, all the types. So I'd love to talk a little bit about what that means. And the other thing I don't understand at all, and I, Suzanne, maybe you know more about it, but is subtypes. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to start finding that. And I've heard you talk about it before and it makes my head go. So, yeah, I love that you asked that because that was actually going to be my next thing about you two both being nines. So first, yeah, let's talk about how we're all all nine types. You feel that especially as nines, right? Because not only um, are you the type that tends to merge, but there's a lot of symbolism in the Enneagram shape itself. So Mm -hmm. when we say Enneagram, what we're saying is nine pointed drawing. So the Enneagram is that symbol with the lines and you know, everything. So nines are at the top. So there's kind of like this symbolism where nines see all of the types in a sense. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes, I feel that. <laughs> right. I feel, I feel um, that. But I think it's helpful to, to know that we typically will say, I am a three, I am a five, whatever. But really what we're saying is I am dominant or I lead with this type. So not that your type can change because it doesn't really my perspective and and this perspective is taken from a lot of research and reading and and there are different approaches to it. But my perspective is that we're born with basically like a predisposition to our type because Mm -hmm. you might look at your siblings. I've got a bunch of siblings and we're all different types for the most part. I have one sister who's the same type as me, but we have like different experiences from childhood and some of the same experiences, but they didn't form us into our type. The way that we perceive them, the way that we understood like the same scenario meant something different for us. So that's kind of my perspective on that. But overall, we all have all nine types within us. And so we have our core type and that's the one we lead with. And then the other ones might pop up and we can see them. And so as we grow, as we become more aware and more integrated and more balanced, what we actually find is that instead of clinging so tightly to this 
personality structure or personality mask that we've needed to get through life, we can release it a bit. And so we actually see a lot more balance and a lot more touches of all of the nine types in that integration. So that's kind of why too, you'll like read the different descriptions. You're like, I am that. I am motivated by that actually. Yeah. But the there's one driving motivation, right? There's one driving mm-hmm. force. And so that's kind of what the Enneagram is trying to get at. I remember one of the first podcasts I was listened to of yours where you're like, you know, these people who want to find out their number and be like, oh, great. That means I should be a fireman. Like that's <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> and they're, they're trying to use it to get this answer so they don't have to think mm-hmm. about it anymore. And they can just be like, I figured it out. Okay, next. Yeah. And I'm that's discovering more is. and more that yeah. just this is just the beginning I mean, it takes a while. You got to do the work to actually figure out your number, but then that is just the beginning of where the work starts. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point too, because we do use it like that. Sometimes we like, I think a lot of personality or astrology or, you know, whatever, like all of these typologies can be used in that way where it's like, let me use this to find the perfect partner. Mm-hmm. Let me use this to find the perfect job. So can like people ask me to recommend who they should date or who they should, or what, career they should pursue. But it's really like my question, and this is my question to myself as well. So I'm not immune to this, but like, why are you outsourcing that? Like, what about you are you not trusting that like you need to outsource it to this tool instead of like looking inside yourself to see what you're actually passionate about? That was the moment of like, we need to get her on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) because that is exactly it. I was, I can remember where I was when I was listening to your podcast. I was taking, I was walking my dog around a little lake. I remember exactly where I was. And I was like, that is it. Like, why, why are we outsourcing this? Mm -hmm. Like, is it that hard and scary that we would rather just trust someone else to do the work for us than actually think about it. And yeah. And I guess the answer was yes for me for a while. Yeah. 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 It is sometimes. I I think that when I started originally, I used to, when I very first started writing, I had a blog called the dusty parachute. And the idea was, you know, what color is your parachute? I don't even know because it's so dusty because it's been out in the garage while I've been raising these kids for the past 10 years. Um, And it really, that my first thing I did was I just grabbed every career book, like a you know, what color is your parachute? I tried to do the Myers-Briggs and all those types of things. And I kept on trying. And I, I realized this as I was doing it, I'd take the test and it would say like, these are the kind of careers that have that. And I'd be like, Ooh, maybe I'll go retake the test until I get the one that says I should be a writer. And then I was like, well, that probably is a sign. That's probably a sign (laughs) that what I want to do is write if um, I'm trying to force these tests into telling me that's the answer. So I think we do know we're just afraid to say it sometimes. Yeah, I, I agree. It is interesting too. It's like we all go on these winding paths, right? And, and even for me, So there is, here's a little bit more Enneagram theory, and then we can move to subtypes. But when you look at the symbol, all the types are connected or, you know, they're connected to other types. And when you look at three, six, and nine, not only are these the centers of their intelligence centers, so three, six, and nine, but they're also an equilateral triangle and they're all three connected. They're the only types that are all three like connected to each other in like that um, circular way, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so these three types are what we call dominant and repressed and basically the same center. So thinking, feeling, and doing are our centers. And so nines are in the body center, but they're doing repressed. Threes are in the heart center, but they're feeling repressed. And sixes are in the head center, but they're thinking repressed. 
and people can find more info about that on my Instagram if they want to, you know, really get into it. But what ends up happening with these three types is they have a really hard time knowing themselves, knowing their identity, knowing what's best for them, and then trusting themselves with, with that information. So they'll kind of outsource it a lot. Like for me, I remember a moment kind of like what you're saying when I was in college and I was like, oh my gosh, what I want to do is work with teams. At the time I was really interested in Myers-Briggs. So I was like, I want to work with teams with Myers-Briggs. And it took me like, let's see, that that was a long time ago. So like it took me (laughs) nearly 10 years to get back to that place of like, this is what I'm doing. This is my actual work. Mm -hmm. And there were some different like light bulb moments in that, that time, but getting back to it, I was like, this is what I've always wanted. And this is the thing that keeps popping up over and over and over again. So like, let me just try it. Let me listen to it. And then leaning in, you know, so that's been really, really interesting. Yeah. A therapist once asked me, what do you like? And I honestly couldn't answer in that moment. And she didn't get it. She was like, you, surely you can tell me Missy likes this or doesn't like this. I'm like, gun to my head. Maybe I could come up (laughs) with something, but it was so terrifying to me to really get to know myself. And I was always in awe of people who would be like, I hate that food or I love that show or just like hardcore. This is my line in the sand. I will not go to the beach or whatever it was. And I was thinking, I don't, I mean, the beach sounds great. And so are the mountains. And you know, like I just was so (laughs) wishy-washy. Yeah. And it, that blew my mind. I did not know the Enneagram at that time, but Mm -hmm. later when I learned that nines don't really want to know themselves or they don't want to dig in there and mm-hmm. they can't quite figure that out. So they ignore it. I was like, Oh yeah. 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 And I think for threes and nines, especially beyond that question of what do you like is who are you? And then you're like, Oh, well, I, I oh, don't know. Even, I don't. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, the Enneagram can be so helpful because yeah, it illuminates that aspect of yourself. Like, Oh, I actually might not know myself very well. Mm-hmm. you know? So, and then going on that journey of self-discovery and for me, anyway, there have been a lot of times because I, I have a tendency to like leap before I look. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so I, along the journey was like, Oh, I need to take a step back from like te- talking to other people about the Enneagram for a while, because I need to work on myself first. Mm. Um, and so yeah, it's just like such an interesting, such an interesting thing. I'm very grateful that Missy asked that question at the very beginning and kind of started this journey for us because it really, it, it makes me stop and think at least a couple times a day, like, okay, what, what was, oh, that was one of the things we're actually, uh, a friend of mine encouraged me to get the road back to you guide, I guess mm, the, the workbook, like that, the study like the, guide uh-huh. workbook. And, oh shoot, what was the acronym for it? Was it Oh, now I'm going to have to edit it. Uh, I think he says snap, snap. Mm-hmm. So it was like, stop, so, notice, notice, ask, and then pivot, pivot. Does that sound pivot. right? Stop, yeah. notice, ask, pivot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I've been trying to like get myself on this. Okay. Every couple hours, like just stop and really think about, okay. Yeah. I, I'm feeling really tight. Like, what is that about? Like, is that... Is it because the dog is barking? Yes, always. But is there something else? (laughs) Um, And just being more aware of that. And kind of this idea of like you'd mentioned, I I love the word pivot for this is this, okay, well, what if I just tried this? What if I tried this on for a little bit and and see how this fits for a while instead? Mm -hmm. And just having the freedom to know that we can do that. Totally. 
So I've heard you say that before you really dive into the wings to do the subtypes, and I think we dove into our wings first. So what does the subtype thing mean? Yeah. Great question. So, and, and for me, like wings can sometimes be helpful, especially with type nine because they're so opposite, but I also, I just think subtypes impact us a lot more. So that's kind of, it's just helpful to note. So subtypes are actually the blending of two thought processes or two theories. So the one theory of course is the Enneagram. The other theory is called instinctual variance. And so basically it's this idea that we all have, we have a lot of survival instincts, but there are three that are really driving for us. And and that's kind of what this theory is based on. So Mm self-preservation, which is like, I need to preserve myself. I'm the only one who's responsible. So I'm going to do everything I can to create stability and security for myself. Social, which is like if the herd survives, I survive. And then sexual, which is sometimes called one-to-one, probably called one-to-one in a work context, basically. But it's really (laughs) um, this concept that we need adrenaline to survive, kind of, and that intensity Mm. and that deep interpersonal connection. So whereas social is more about the herd, the sexual is about adrenaline and about like the one-on-one more so. And I still call it sexual because I think it conveys the intensity of this one. Mm -hmm. And so it's really about like, not only do we need the adrenaline to go out and hunt, right? Um, Historically, not now for most of us. Um, But we also need like the adrenaline to procreate, like to find that spark. And so these are the three instincts. And when we overlay them with the Enneagram types, then we get 27 subtypes. Oh, So your type... So, and these instincts are stacked. So people who are watching on video are saying to me like, use my fingers to <laughs> display this. But so you have um, a dominant instinct and then one that's secondary and then one that's repressed. And so they're stacked and, and kind of some people call it a sequence because that conveys that it's not really fixed, but you typically use it in the same order. So your mm. dominant instinct times your core type is your subtype. So as a nine... You can be a, a sexual nine, a, so, a social nine, or a self-preservation nine. And that's signified by a, a nine, like the number nine, and then a little SO for social, SP for self-pres, or SX for sexual. So if you see somebody say their Enneagram type is those, like a, a yeah. number with two letters, that's what that means. Right. So, and so is that more of a, the hard work of diving in and deciding that for yourself? Like what, what would make us decide which one of those we are? Is it intention yeah. again or? Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. And I think it, I think it's specifically difficult for nines, but you can't really, I used to teach that you could use them separately and some people still teach that. I don't anymore. I think that there is a specific way that the, that each of the instincts plays out with each type. And so it's really important to look at them together. So the self-preservation nine, I'll just explain them and you guys can, you know, see what resonates. Um, the self-preservation nine is really, they, they're really focused on their comfort and their like practical needs. So these nines, they sometimes are a little bit more aggressive, not, not in the sense that they're going to be demanding, but they're kind of like very boundaried and they're more insistent about their comfort needs being met. And so it's really the practicality of the the nine and that focus of they tend to be less emotional. They tend to be slightly less idealistic than some other nines and, and are really just 
I keep saying practical, but that, that's kind of just how <laughs> there's self-preservation. You're not stepping on our toes. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's the social nine. So this nine looks not like the other nines. Social nines often seem like threes or um, a different type because they're really focused on a sense of belonging. So they really want to feel like they belong and they tend to be really, really active. They tend to go out and say yes to a million things. They'll find themselves really like almost workaholics or really overcommitted because they're like, yes, I can do all of these things and I can make this big impact in the world. And, and so they're, again, there's still that sense of like not really knowing themselves super well, but they don't really resonate with the sense of like when people stereotype that nines just need to nap. Social nines really are not that way. Um, <laughs> you're like, this is me. Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and they'll, they'll end up having a lot of, like, I have a friend who's a social nine who has like three jobs and a family. It's just, they just have all this energy to do that stuff. Yeah. And sometimes maybe they're not as connected with the self. And so they don't think like no is an option. So mm -hmm. that's like a really important growth work for those types. And then the sexual nine. So sexual nines tend to merge really hard with others. So they tend to feel like when they're not attached to somebody else, they tend to feel like they're just kind of listless and floating. But with their significant other, they tend to, to really, really merge and, and to find like they get wrapped up in that person. So if you think of like um, Runaway Bride, when she has no idea what type of eggs she likes. Yes, I love that. We use that example a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so then you're like, oh, okay. So that's kind of like a small example of what a sexual nine might be like, but more so in every area. And I know these descriptions sound a little bit negative, but sometimes that's where we see ourselves the most, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then there's a different kind of growth path for each of them as well. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, that's a good reason to send people over to, well, to your book and also yeah. to your Instagram account, because you have such, I love that, you know, sometimes the Instagram accounts are you know, they're cute and light and fluffy in the sense of like, oh, you know, what kind of burger does an Enneagram nine like or whatever? And those are fun, <laughs> but you still sure. take, you still take kind of this, you know, this distilling it to like the real heart of what you need mm -hmm. to know, making it beautiful, making it really easy to digest. And so I, I lean towards your Instagram account versus some that are more, some are fun and light and fluffy, but these are oh, yeah. really like when you're ready to do the work and really to understand, they, they take it to the next level of, of doing the work. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's very kind and definitely something that's intentional, you know, to, to get people to that place and everything I've talked about today, I haven't really talked about too much on my Instagram, but I am launching next month some courses. So I have a different course for each type. And so one of the things that I'll go through is like the subtypes of, you know, each of the types in there. So for example, you can buy online, but most people I'm assuming will just get their own type. And yeah. really it's about the growth path. So it's like everything you need to know about your type. And then it has like a big workbook that is just walking you through all the growth work so that you can kind of go to that next level of, okay, I know my type now what, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. You, you're not kidding. You always do have a side hustle. You've gone a long way since <laughs> making some mugs. That's really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. My mind is blown I, and, with the subtype stuff. And I, if I mentally check out of the rest of the podcast, it's because I'm like working on that. 
No, no. Um, you, you can no, listen to I'm the podcast really again to, I, later and then we'll figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to have to go back, listen to that description and then really do some uh-huh. reading. So I think I'll be buying the course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. Well, okay. So is there anything... Well, if there's anything we miss, they need to just go listen to your podcast to figure it out because <laughs> sure. that's where you're going to do a much deeper dive. And so I just want to make sure the make it really clear that the podcast is called Ask an Enneagram Coach, but the mm-hmm. Instagram account is Nine Types Co, right? The, and mm-hmm. nine yep. written out and nine. <laughs> I can't spell. Nine is written out nine. It's an <laughs> it's I-N-E. The way it's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yes. So just know that uh, even those have different names, they both fall under Stephanie Baron Hall's uh, brand yes. and all the places. We'll put them in the show notes. Yeah, cool. Definitely in the show notes. And so, if you have time, I know we're kind of pushing you on time here, but we like to do a thing at the end of the episode: uh, look, listen, learn, where we just kind of talk about one of the favorite things that we've either been reading or watching or listening to, or that we have learned in the past week. And we'll we'll kick it off so you can kind of see what we talk about, <laughs> or give you time to think of one of yours. Do you want to start, Missy? Uh, sure. I. I don't know that this really falls in any of those categories, but every week I think, oh, I should talk about this on the podcast. So when I need like a chill break, but not, we did a episode last week about Nixon. Was that last week? About Nixon, which is the Dutch art of doing nothing. So there's that kind of chilling where you're literally checking out and doing nothing. But when I just need to kind of I don't want to watch TV or I don't want to do a task, whatever. My go-to is the New York Times spelling bee. Do either one of you do the spelling bee? No. Not the spelling bee, but I do the the crosswords. Okay. So it's in the crossword app, which I totally fell for and pay for and do the whole thing. So they have like the mini puzzles and the full puzzle. And then they have the spelling bee that you get seven letters every day. And you have to use the center letter in a four letter word. And you have to make as many as you can. And it's oh, it cheers you okay. on. It tells you like, fantastic, spectacular. <laughs> and then if you get enough words, you can be a genius. And it is just the best. Like, so if you're feeling not great one day, you can go and be a genius on the spelling bee. And you're like, ah, I'm a genius. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So that is my recommendation that. for anybody who loves words. If you love words and you need yeah. to just give yourself a break from the rest of your life for a few minutes. That's interesting that you consider that a break because part of it's like, that's just more work. But no, but I think- That's what my husband said. He was like, this is not fun for me, but he's not a word person. So if you're not a word person, then forget it. But if you do enjoy that, it's fun puzzle. I want to do it competitively. See, what what type type am I where now I'm like, I would do that if we had five of us in the room and then I got to try to be really fast. I want to win. My see, I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's so funny. My family actually plays games like that, like together on Zoom, because we're all oh, dispersed all over the country. But yes, get on Zoom and we play games like that. I love it. Is I it cutthroat it. or is it fun? Oh, it's cutthroat. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my 11-year-old son, uh, he's just the sweetest angel, except for when it comes to Monopoly 
he will destroy us. And like, you know, the rest of us will like lend money if someone needs it. He's like, no, I got a hotel on that one. So pay up. <laughs> and he's just like, who are you? Handed over, a little suckers. entrepreneur. He <laughs> is, he is. And he has not learned his lesson because he, he'll use all his money. He'll have like $5 left because he's bought like all these hotels on everything. And we're like, one of these days, you're going to like learn that, you know, that you're going to go bankrupt. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know. And then he just, the next thing you know, he's got all our money. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yes. Okay. So mine's a quick one. I just want to listen to it on repeat forever is the song July by Noah Cyrus. Ooh, I didn't even I know Miley know. Cyrus had a sister, but it's, it's like, and I thought maybe it was like when Garth Brooks went like alternative, like, didn't he do an alter ego or something for a while? <gasps> he did. Am I dating myself that that probably happened like that. 40 years ago? But yeah, Chris something. <laughs> but I was oh convinced God. for a while listening to it. I was like, oh, it's Noah Cyrus. That must be Miley Cyrus. Like when she wants her to go deep ego. voice or something. But no, it's her sister. And this song, July, I just want to have it on repeat for the rest of the week. And that's what I have been listening to. Well, Not so actually good. on repeat all the time. <laughs> um, okay. For mine. Well, you know. Of course, like having Bridgerton on repeat. Oh, yes. <laughs> Blake's right. Um, but no, yesterday. Oh, the Duke. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> We're only on episode five. Oh my gosh. How, how did you stop? <laughs> I I'm watching it. it with my husband and we started watching okay. Shit's Creek in the middle of it. And now we're just stuck on that. But no, so Bri oh, okay. okay. We have votes for Bridgerton. I know. Yes. I'm there with I you. mean, I go back and forth between the two of them on repeat. So I get it. But no, actually <laughs> something that I really loved yesterday was Brene Brown's podcast, which I know you both love Brene Brown, right? Yes. Um, and the episode where she had Tim Ferriss and Dak Shepard on, for whatever reason, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to listen to these dudes like talk about stuff. You know, I was like, whatever. Yeah. And then I listened to it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. This is just, it was such a great episode. So I listened to that yesterday. I think it's hour and a half, maybe two hours long. Yeah. Um, yeah. Her podcast but, can be long. Yeah. So can ours it, occasionally. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but but yeah, so that I just really enjoyed it and I always love her perspective and I, I love hearing different people talk about things and the way that they approach things. And mm -hmm. yeah, just, I think all three of them bring a lot of awareness and a lot of like self-compassion into the way that they talk yeah. about things in their lives. And that's just a key part of what I do as well and what I try to encourage people toward and what I try to offer to myself. So yeah, I think that I really enjoyed that. Oh, great. Okay. I'll have to, I've, I've been a so little good. bit behind. Yeah. Hers, hers are kind of a commitment. So I put them on when I'm like, <laughs> when I was painting, when we first moved into our house and I was painting every room in the house, I just like listened to like yeah. Brene Brown and yeah. yeah and it just kind of like, Oh, I finished a room and I got through an episode. <laughs> Cause they You're are like, I long. love painting now. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. I feel so good about painting, but yeah. no, it's, I, I do love that. And Dak Shepard, he's got the arm, Armed armchair expert mm -hmm. armchair mm -hmm. expert podcast too and that's a yeah. great one as well one of our friends was on there remember jess Leahy was on there for the yeah. gift of failure book so yeah oh, that's so fun that's so cool yeah and i for Brene brown one of my favorite podcasts of hers is on burnout with yes. amelia nagoski and have you guys read that book 
I haven't spoken the podcast and put it on my list after hearing that. I went straight to Target and got the book. (laughs) I was like, I need this. (laughs) Okay, we're going to add it to the extensive Uh book list back here. Okay. Yeah. Make sure we put that in the show notes. The show notes are my to do list. I don't know if anybody else looks at them, but they they help me remember my to do list. (laughs) I know. I feel like eventually we might come up with, or not come up with, but we might be able to reference that as like a full resource list of all kinds of things. So we can have like mm-hmm. fun shows to watch and places to learn and all like, it's good stuff to have. So yes. yeah, nobody may read the show notes now. I don't often read the show notes on anyone else's podcast, but the information is there if you need it. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I would argue you do need it. This is, this is some important stuff. What's better than Seriously. knowing yourself and <laughs> diving in yeah. there. If nothing else, just make sure you head over to the Instagram account for nine types co. Um, Cause it's just, it's just beautiful. Do you do all your yes. own artwork and stuff, Stephanie? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, is yeah. that something that you Bravo. like? It was nice that you just yeah. do as a, as a hobbyist or have you studied art? Yeah, no. My husband is a, a designer, so uh-huh. he does that. And so um, when I did my floral business, he taught me a few things to learn on Illustrator. Uh-huh. So that was 2014. And then, yeah, when I started on my Instagram, I mean, you can scroll back and see like some of my old stuff is real ugly. Like it's just, you know, you just <laughs> learn you learn along the way. Uh, and yeah, so so I, I got some skills from him and then I just learned along the way and yeah, yeah it's, it's fun. It's something I enjoy. It I've been fun. thinking about hiring somebody else, but I'm like, I do like doing this. So, yeah, well, and you're a natural at it. I think, I think oh, you really you. bring the spirit of the things you teach and the things you talk about into the actual, I mean, you get pretty deep, especially because it's make sure you slide through all the slides. Cause some of them are yes. like, you have all nine types of them. Mm-hmm. So if you're just yeah. looking at it and you're just kind of scrolling through Instagram, make sure that you like dive into it because there are layers and layers and layers. Mm-hmm. And some of them I'm like, that could have been a book, Stephanie. Like, <laughs> like not as <laughs> far as like that. Took, not like that could have, <laughs> and I don't mean that as far as like, wow, that took a long time to read. I mean, as far as the depth of knowledge and yeah, the information great. contained Each in it, post. I was like, yeah. I was like, that girl, that could have been a book. What are you doing? Giving that away, <laughs> but, but go there. I it's know. good stuff. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, this has been, we have literally used every last minute of this hour that we yes. have scheduled with you. So I really, really appreciate all your time and all of the great information that you have shared. And so want to say again, the book for anybody who's watching, but if you're not watching, it's called the Enneagram in love perfect for Valentine's day. Just kind of tuck it under. I got to tell you, it was so funny. I bought this. Uh, My husband and I have a shared Amazon account and I didn't warn him it was coming through. And so um, I think he was like, "Uh Oh, am I in trouble? Like, (laughs) do we, do we need help? (laughs) So yeah, if you're trying to sneak it, you might want to do it on your personal uh, account, but that would be like the perfect, if you're stuck home, you can't go to a restaurant anyway for Valentine's day. What better way to hang out with your partner or your roommate or your business partner Yeah, um, (laughs) and figuring out how you can work better and communicate better in the future. And then of course the beautiful Instagram nine types co. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Thank you. Thank you for being here and looking forward to hear about those classes coming up. I know we'll be signing up (laughs) type path courses. What's going to be. Oh, Oh, we'll make sure we put that type. Yeah. Courses. Courses. Mm -hmm. I can send you the link to, to the, um, 
the it's it's not like a sales page, but you can get on the wait list to be notified. Okay. When it okay. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes too then. Awesome. All right. All right. Thank you so much for being here. So nice to meet you. You Bye. too. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com. That's momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group, to all of our socials, to our Q&A comment section on our website, all can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.